This show is brought to you by our sponsor, Bitheads. They are a staple in the tech community I come from and have done incredible work over the past 18 years with some of the largest brands in the world, including The Simpsons, Tapped Out, Box, Optimal Payments, The New York Times, among many, many, many others. All told, they've built over 500 solutions from enterprise to entertainment. I'm proud to have them as a part of Untether.tv. Please support us by supporting them. Go to bitheads.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Untether.tv. I'm your host and founder, Rob Woodbridge. Maybe uh, just over three years ago, uh, I'm recording this in 2014, May of 2011, I sat down with one of the co-founders of this company. The company's called Plastic Mobile. I sat down with uh, Melody at Hammy, who was, uh, at that time, these guys were just launching the Pizza Pizza application that they deployed across uh, across Canada. Pizza Pizza, pizza is the biggest pizza chain across Canada, uh, pizza, pizza franchise, and these guys were doing some revolutionary things. I've stayed in touch with this company, Plastic Mobile, since then. Just haven't had an opportunity to have them back on, but today we have an opportunity to do this. I have with me one of the co-founders, the other co-founder, Sepp. Sepp, say hi. Hello. And we have the creative director of uh, Plastic Mobile, Jason. Jason? By default, it's the other guy that didn't just say hi, right? Uh, <laughs> welcome, guys. Thanks for coming back on. It's been a long time coming. Thanks, Thanks for having us. us. So uh, when I, you know, the goal of this episode is, uh, the, the, you know, these guys at Plastic are doing some amazing things. Uh, there's a couple of key projects that we will be coming to at the near the midway point of this episode. Uh, but first, I really, really want to get an update about how things have been going at, uh, at Plastic. Sep? Uh, obviously, you guys are growing. The last time I was over there was maybe about a year and a half ago. You guys have changed offices. You've got more employees. You're doing more uh, amazing projects. Give me an update about what uh, what Plastic's been up to. Sure, um, it's it's been uh, it's been quite the ride ever since we uh, you last spoke to Melody with uh, about Pizza Pizza. Um, Pizza Pizza itself was a was a pretty huge success, uh, winning winning the the Webby Award. That year against some uh, some pretty big companies, uh, but ever since then we've been continuing with that same uh, same formula, if you like, uh, to working with uh, great Canadian brands to deliver on some uh, on some great mobile apps across uh, the different platforms, uh, smartphones and tablets and whatnot. Uh, some of the companies that we've been working on working with uh, ever since include. Uh, Air Miles, Beyond the Rack, um, who else? Uh, Royal LePage, and uh, most recently, we've signed on uh, the OLG and Shoppers Drug Mart. Small companies in Canada. Those are small, small companies. companies. Yes. Tiny yes. companies, man. Yeah, they're all coming. They're all coming coming in now. Yeah, they're all emerging, right? Is that yeah. it? Yeah, they're coming into their own. They'll catch up to you guys soon. I mean, and the services that you guys provide, the plastic provides, uh, is not only, I mean, uh, you know, it's not app development. It's conceptualizing. It is uh, architecting. It's That's creative, right. obviously, right? Uh, walk through the services that you guys do. That's right. It, it, we can, I mean, you can call it more of a of product development where clients come to us with either their initial requirements of thoughts or um, a lot of what we're getting recently is uh, are, are what we call V2s. Uh, they've tested the waters out. Uh, they might have got a fair number of downloads, but they've seen engagement 
drop, uh, or they've been brutalized in the App Store reviews, and we're basically in there as uh, to to take a look at what went wrong uh, and help them basically uh, rebuild um, and uh, and relaunch mm -hmm. and, 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 and help that rating get back get up to a, a nice. Uh, four to five star, which is a, a pretty healthy sign you're doing well. And they're looking for that little bit of extra these days. It's not just about getting something built. It's what can we offer from a creative strategy perspective that will give them that edge over the competition or, or, or really make people love the app that we put out. That, that's a, I think that's a really important part simply because, you know, the... The commoditization of mobile app development is, is, is gone down that path. It's not completely commoditized. It's still a challenge to do it and a challenge to find great developers. But, uh, but remember early on in the web days when HTML was a challenge and, uh, and all of a sudden it became a uh, like data entry and now it's, it's, it's pretty automated uh, with the, the platforms that we have these days. Um, but you know, I think that the, to be able to distinguish yourself from the just core app development shops with exactly as you said the strategy the implementation the ui the ux the design uh um and and not only that there's probably a communications layer inside of that about uh retention and, and increasing reach right <laughs> no for sure and, and I, I think that's the important thing and when i talked to melody a couple of years ago maybe it was around the time i did this conference um she was saying that you guys were looking at that as a as a transition you don't just want to be a, an app dev shop for hire that's probably the worst thing you could do right no, in, fact, in fact, we walk away from a lot of uh, prospects that just want that. Uh, there's there's plenty of uh, firms out there that do that down the street and and all across the country. Uh, so we, 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 we do say a lot of no's, uh, but we pick our clients right and and uh, and work with the ones that we want to actually work. With. And I think a lot of them too nowadays know that's what they're looking for. They've gone down the road potentially of. A, just a development house or someone that's outsourcing development and really it's having the creative and the development together under one roof is what creates a strong product mm -hmm. and I think a lot of them have learned that lesson that okay this is this kind of shop is, is, the, is the way to go to get something done. I, is your is your goal for what you're doing with plastic is it is it to kind of maintain in that 60 person company is it to is it to uh, to, to grow or, or, or do you grow by project? Um, and and you want to maintain that that uh, it's not a small company. Sixty people is not a small company, but uh, you know you don't. Want, do you want to ever get up to two hundred people and and have that kind of mayhem and chaos, or do you like this idea of, of hand selecting your projects and then working with the clients like Pizza Pizza? I mean, you guys have an ongoing relationship with them for the whole time I've known you guys, right? Uh, yeah. So so is that is that the goal, or or do you have yeah, an answer? We're, we're we're still we're still hand selecting them. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a way busier market than it was uh, three four years ago, uh, so there's definitely a lot more demand. Um, so we're we're by no means uh, slowing ourselves down, but we are hand selecting them. That that by its nature does uh, slow down growth just a little bit, but it it does it right where we're selecting the right clients that we want to work with uh, with longer term relationships where we're not just putting out that first app for you, but maintaining that longer term. And the thing with those larger firms, I mean, it always comes down to a few key players doing the majority of the work anyway. So I think our goal is to keep sort of keep the clutter out and make sure our teams are really strong working teams as opposed to having a lot of extra layers of, of staff that may not be contributing right. to the final product. Yeah, I hate to have people on the bench when you're paying people. Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. Well, I mean, how how is how is this industry trans uh, you know transformed over the last couple of years for you guys? Like you know, from the early days where it was 
you know, I just need an app, right? That that kind of level of understanding. But what's it like now? What are your customers asking you for? It's definitely gotten more mature as far as the ask. I mean, originally it was, you know, like you said, give us a store finder, give us our whatever, whatever's happening at the time. And I, I feel like now they're looking more to tell for us to tell them um, what's coming up. What should we be looking at? Where, what can we be taking advantage of as opposed to them telling us, oh, we just need you to copy our competitor. Right. We need you to give us something that's new. And I think that's what there's a lot of, uh, that's where we, it's gotten a lot more mature. And it's definitely much more fully featured uh, where, where they're now no longer cutting corners. Uh, they're thinking through, okay, how does, uh, how does my whole business get represented through this, uh, through this application? How do I stand out beyond, beyond the, the competition? Um, in a lot of the cases, uh, their audience are comparing them with their apps, and if that's their main form of communication with them, uh, it, it, it's becoming a way to pick and choose. So they're seeing that, and then that's where this whole uh, mobile-first uh, ideology makes sense. And it might not be to its full force yet, but uh, it's definitely making a lot of sense for a lot of our clients. I, you know, I, I love asking this question a couple of years, you know, down the road is that uh, I, it seems to me that the way that you've just described that is that they're getting a little bit more sophisticated. Your client base are getting more sophisticated. Um, would you say that that's accurate, that, that they understand the implications of not doing it properly now? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And in a lot of cases, uh, they've, uh, they've been burnt. Uh, they've put their V1 out there, however route they choose to cho chose to do it. And they have the scars, scars to show it, and uh, and they don't want to go back through that. So they want to they want to find a, a uh, recipe that works, and uh, and figure out how they're going to step outside. And there's a lot more information for them out there now than there was a few years ago. They can look at stats. They can look at things happening in the U.S. Uh, so they know they know what they're looking for now because there's actually a baseline comparison for them. You know, I remember being on a panel with Melody uh, a long time ago, and. Um, and we were talking about the the implication of of two sides of mobile, right? Is the implication of not doing it, and then the implication of doing it but doing it poorly, right? And and they ultimately, if you're going to do it poorly, you might as well not do it because the the impact of doing it poorly is far greater than not doing it at all at that point, right? So we used to say, look, if you're going to do a crappy job, just don't do anything because you're going to hurt yourself more. And because mobile oh. can build brands and can also destroy them. And right. uh, so, you know, I, I just hope now, based on, you know, water under the bridge, years gone by, conversations. You know, Sep, I saw you present uh, about a year ago in Ottawa. You know, I know you guys are all over the place trying to educate people. So you're saying that you think that that message is seeping out there now. There's definitely a lot more examples of failures, uh, of, of failures, <laughs> and uh, I think a lot more people uh, doing the circuits and and uh, talking about those failures. Um, and the reason they know is, I mean, these 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 reviews are transparent, right? The user reviews on the on the app stores, so um, they know it, and, and so does all, all their competitors, competitors and their customers. So. Um, yeah, it's there. Uh, how how important is is that still a, a measure like um, the ratings in the app store? Um, is that a measure for you guys? Is that a measure for your clients? Like um, you know, is that really still in your control? Uh, in your control, I mean, for the most part, I would say yes. I mean, there's some things that are out of your control. There's there's not much you can do. Uh, but for the most part, it's about listening to to your customers. Um, 
listening to what they're saying um, and, and listening beyond the clutter and the noise and, and how it's actually worded and, and seeing what the true problems are and, and giving them what they need. And in some cases, your hands will be held back and you can't actually give them what you need. So figuring out how to, um, other means to give them what they need to, to get that satisfaction there. And it helps us fuel what's next, right? I mean, it makes it a lot easier when you can say, we have this idea of your app, your customers are asking for it, and, and <laughs> even though this may maybe this is going to change your business fundamentally, um, the people want it, but, and I think we should give it to them. And it, that's usually that's what it's done for us a lot is we look at it as as a sort of our our request board of you know customers asking for things, and how do we get that stuff in there? Oh, it, it makes sense. You know, I I know that there's a lot of there are a lot of companies out there that are still kind of trying to figure out what makes sense for them. How how do they leverage mobile? And they always default to the simplest thing, which is recreate their website, recreate their offline store in an online store. I mean, I've been very vocal about uh, about uh, chapters in Indigo and their f complete failure. They may have created a beautiful uh, mobile app, mobile commerce application, but they've not advanced their business at all. And so you have you know you you can succeed in in the in the view of the users, but you you can ultimately be pushing failure um, to your business by, by, by doing that, right? So th this is, I just use this as always my example, is that it is an app that has, has been created that has four and a half stars, uh, you know, a four and a half star review on average. But I, I look at it as saying is that that's going to bankrupt the company at some point because it doesn't do what it should be doing. But right. you, you must see examples of those all over the place where you look at them and you think it's like a, a personal trainer in a gym, seeing somebody doing a squat wrong, right? Mm -hmm. they, they can go up and tell you, but uh, you know that you're doing it, but will it affect change? And you must see all of these apps out there that are just that are, are going to kill a business. And and uh, do you lose sleep over that, or do you just kind of say, okay, well, uh, they'll come to us eventually? <laughs> no, I think it's about learning, learning from them, uh, learning about the limitations and whatnot, and seeing how you can get uh, beyond that. Um, and I think as uh, as our clients and and their businesses, they need to understand about these limitations and what these uh, customers may be uh, talking about and, and seeing how they can change and, and innovate so that um, their business, their own business is improving and as a result the app is giving what it actually should be giving and not just covering it off and closing it off and hiding it. It's pretty much, it's, yeah. yeah. It's a good way of putting it. Well, yeah, what we, 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 see, we see that quite often and, and there, there are several of our clients that are already acting towards, okay, we need to change the way how we've done business for the last 20, 30 years and to be able to do uh, things in mobile and, and digital a little bit better. And so they're not, they're not blind, and, uh, but, but the key is being able to uh, change. What about things like, um, you know, the things that, uh, that have emerged over the last couple of years that weren't there early on in the day, like wearable technology, pervasive computing, Internet of Things? Um, are, are you getting requests about that at this point, or is it too far down the road? Are clients coming to you saying, hey, listen, tell us about this. How do we incorporate this into our business? You going to take that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think, I mean, they want to be, I mean, part of our job is to let them know about something before they hear about it. So we've been going to them with things like the wearables and, let, and just keeping them up to date on what's happening. It really comes down to does the strategy make sense for them to look at wearables? Does it make sense for them to look at the internet of things? If it makes sense for their business, then we bring it up and you know, we present concepts that could, that could work for them right. and that could, that could actually take advantage of something. But really, I mean, some of these things, if it's a low cost of entry or if it's 
a quick win for them to do something, you know, we recommend you know piloting or, or giving it a shot uh, just to see if there's any value for the business. Yeah, it's uh, always uh, good to experiment. Uh, you have to experiment. And speaking about experiments, I mean, this is what you guys have been doing for the last couple of years, it seems. You know, every time I turn around, there's something new. Um, and, and there's two things that I want to talk about around your business um, in, in one second, but I just give a, a quick preview. One of them is this thing that you call the lab. And the other thing is this new platform called Hyphen. And, and that's what we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, in a minute. But I want to understand, you, you know, the trends that you're seeing in the industry that have, have you know, that the reasons why you've decided to say listen we're gonna we're gonna set up this lab and also we're gonna start building our own platform uh, in the uh, in the commerce side so what are the trends that you're seeing that have led you down these paths so so initially I mean we saw a lot of gaps in in mobile payments and uh, a lot of stuff specifically with NFC was a, was big in the market and and we were seeing a lot of slow adoption rates we were seeing Apple not support it and it made us think that you know there's there's gonna be a, a place along the way where, where, where Bluetooth BLE will, will, could take a big role. They did back it really heavily with uh, now with their with their beacon uh, stuff that they've put out there. So really, it's, it's us now looking at that and saying we need to stay ahead of it and and start experimenting and seeing what what makes sense for our clients uh, right now. Mm -hmm. And 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 seeing how we can bring uh, use these technologies to bring mobile experiences to life. Because in a lot of these cases, uh, you might not be able to do mobile because it's, you can't fully integrate it. So using these technologies like BLE might get us over those gaps and, and allow us to do that full end-to-end. So when you, what gets you excited about this? I mean, is it the commerce side or is it the technology side or is it the implementation solving a problem? Where is it for you guys that... that oh, 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 and it's about changing something. I mean, we'd love to create something that we see across every store in, in Canada and North America. I think that really gets us excited seeing the potential of something, creating something new that really doesn't exist in the market at all, at all as opposed to reinventing something that's already been out there. And making the experience that easy. Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you make that easy and enjoyable so it's not a, a, a big pain or a technical task to accomplish? Yeah. We look at sci-fi movies too, like I want to see things that I saw. <laughs> we talk about it at the kickoff of every one of our, our, our lab meetings. It's like Minority Report, that scene where Tom Cruise is running down the street. Sure, some people see that, that oh, that's, that's freaky, people want that, but it's where we want to be someday, and I think I think we just want to be a part of that and uh, and creating something cool. Yeah, it's, it, and it's evolution, right? So you know, we might not want it. We can't jump. Our minds can't jump to that right now. But mm -hmm. you know, there are ten steps between now and then that will gradually move us into that space. So mm -hmm. so you know what, I, uh, Jason, talk to me about the, the lab. So what is what is the lab? What do you guys do in there? What have you created? What's the hope? What's the dream of this thing? So really what it comes down to, when we first started uh, presenting some of these ideas to our clients about several years ago, uh, they were like, oh, that's great. You know, we talk about Bluetooth, we would talk about beacons, and they said, you know, that sounds really great, we'll keep it in mind. But we really, they didn't see anything. So they needed to see proof of concepts before they, we could even have these conversations. So we started building things. And the idea was that it was a place where our, our creative team and our hardware engineers and software engineers could play together and come up with things. And there's really no... Uh, no holds barred. We try to keep it structured to a point where we're not just creating things for the sake of it. There needs to tie into some kind of business in the future, but we want people to play and we want to see what we can do when you put a, put a creative person and a hardware person together. What are they going to come up with? What problem can they solve? Uh, and what, what, what interesting things can we get out of it? 
What's the mix on the team in the company of, of hardware versus software versus creative? Um, we're pretty heavy on, I mean, there's right now we've got about four hardware, full-time hardware guys pretty much. And then there's software, we have the our development team, which are quite large. Uh, in our creative team, we keep uh, you know fairly fairly nimble, so it's a it's a pretty good size. But majority is on developers uh, for sure because we do have all the platforms to consider. Um, but it's really the creative kind of comes in to kick things off, and then the developers kind of all jump on it together and they throw out these crazy ideas. And yeah, and I mean, something. creative comes from a, both a technical perspective and a design perspective, yeah. and as to how we. Uh, solution. The best part of it is you go in thinking you're going to create one thing, and at the end something completely different, <laughs> or something not totally different, but but you go in a whole new direction. And I think that's the fun thing about it is is really you have to kind of throw in all your pre preconceived notions about what you're going to get, and, and just and be happy with something you you create in the end. You know, uh, th there's a there's a a great guy. Um, his name is Worley. Uh, he works out of uh, he's a co-founder of Chaotic Moon. He's based out of Austin. I don't know if you know this guy. Um, and this is what reminds you know what I love about what you guys are doing is is because it reminds me of what what Chaotic Moon and what Worley does. He's a, he's a creative genius kind of guy, right? He's a Mensa level. Uh, he's a fellow of Microsoft. He's just you know exceptional mind. Um, and he um, they they splintered off uh, into something called Chaotic Moon Labs. And what they started to do was they built a, they just started um, theorizing about hey what if we took a longboard. And we put an engine on it. Okay, we did that. Now, what if we took a longboard, put an engine on it, and and we actually allowed and we we connected a connect, a Microsoft connect to it, and allowed you to move it with your hands. And then what if we did that and put a little brain thing on, so it allowed you to think thoughts and by your brain waves move the move the platform, right? So he, these are the kind of things that they were experimenting with, and they didn't know where they would go. But when they started demoing it, people wanted to buy it. Companies came to them and said, "Hey, listen, what we want is you to not build that, but we want you to we want you to ideate around this thing, right? Which we're having a huge problem with. And based on the fact that you came up with this, we think you're the right team. Um, like that has to be like what you're doing in this lab is 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 the equivalent, right? Is demonstrating the potential of the technology to your clients so that they're not looking anywhere else for anybody to help them with their future." Is that right? That's exactly how it works. Yeah, I mean, we start up, start up with one thing, and then it becomes it becomes something else. We evolve uh, projects as we go, but we we carry the same theme. So if the theme is you know our mobile payments, we keep that going all the way through. If it's about contactless payments, things like that, we keep that going through. But what the project is changes as we go. So what have you guys done in the lab so far? What uh, you have a couple you have a couple of projects in there, right? Eh? What do we got going? Yeah. Uh, yes. We want to talk about it. Why don't you, why don't you kick off Python? technology side and then I'll talk about user experience. Okay, um, so hyphen. Um, hyphen is um, hyphen is, is based on BLE um, and basically what it allows us to do, it allows to plug into um, some sort of legacy system and enables it uh, via Bluetooth uh, to do things like loyalty payments, and offers and promotions. So um, the biggest example that we have going is, is basically hyphen. Uh, the, the latest iteration is a is almost a USB key. You pop into a POS and um, and uh, it enables it to be able to uh, hands free accept loyalty payment loyalty. Uh, be able to do a whole payment transaction for something or accept coupons and offers. 
So it gives us full integration with someone's handset and, and the POS system. Without needing any touching or... or the funny thing about it is where it started was uh, we, we retrofitted a vending machine from that we picked up off PG from the early 90s. <laughs> we wanted to see if we could uh, you know, turn, turn this vending machine into this loyalty engine we had in our, in our, in our office where we can be giving out uh, rewards to our staff. So basically, uh, it's a fully BLE-controlled um, vending machine. That There's a scratch and win component because we love our scratch and wins. You get points, and you can, you can get things out of the machine. And that's really where, where it began was, can we connect, and we use it kind of as our model, can we connect to something that's old and outdated with this new modern technology instead of having to replace the old thing? So, uh, and that's really, that's really what's led us down this path of, you know, you th when you think about the vending machine, okay, think of that as a cash register in a, in a shop that, you know, they've, their POS system hasn't changed for 10 years, for five years, whatever it is. How do we connect to that with this new technology without telling them they have to throw everything in the garbage and start again? Well, I think that's the biggest problem, isn't it? Is that a lot of these companies come in and say, okay, we've got the perfect solution. You have to start over, right? Mm -hmm. and it, holds, it holds back change and innovation because, you know, when they look at the physical cost of something, they go, oh, you know, we can't have mobile payments because it's going to cost X, Y, Z for the whole company and right. we can't do it. Well, I think that the, the great thing is uh, around this is that if this, this is a layer, an interface layer between legacy and new, right? Is that that's a good way to summarize it? Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, what, what does it do? So it's one thing to accept a payment, but does it tie into inventory? Does it is it that interface between, like, can can people just plug this in literally and immediately start taking payments and 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 manage their inventory and manage their product? So it comes. I mean, it comes with a with an app component. Um, so you'd be in some sort of in store environment where you can pop your existing branded app, uh, pop it open. Uh, let's say it allows you to browse the catalog and. And at the end, when you're done, you you select what uh, well your loyalty number is already there, but you select what offers you want to redeem. Uh, put in your payment info, which would theoretically could be there. A couple taps to confirm, and you're off off you go. So within a couple taps, basically you you've uh, you've done your old transaction. So what a lot really what it's doing is allows for that seamless integration between the customer and that POS. So we can tell, we can be communicating things back and forth that right now you can't really do, um, and letting them letting them know, like you know, you could do instant receipt transactions, things like that. Just because everything can be done in real time right now, everything has to go through a server and through the cloud. We can be sending quick notifications back and forth uh, without really worrying about security as much. So uh, there's obviously a demand for this. Your customers have been coming to you. You found this. There's an empty an empty spot in the market for this. Um, uh, you know, how did this how did this emerge? Like, who asked you to do this? Uh, it was through experimentation, yeah, um, and and gaps and whatnot that we see uh, in the market when we're working with our clients. Uh, but it wasn't say um, it was kind of like your lawnmower story. We're like, wouldn't it be cool if we could use we could use what we did in this vending machine and a POS terminal? I think we had a conversation like that, and off we went, and then it, it worked. And, and well. kept yeah, we started demoing it, and then it got it got better and faster, and uh, now it's at a, it's at a level where it's it's just about ready for prime time, and we're really really excited about it. How do you sell it? Like, do you just go into any any retailer and say this is this is a, this is the enablement piece? Do they have to have an app? Do they, I mean, what's the process by which somebody would buy this? And an app would have to exist already, uh, or it has to be an app that you're 
you're building to enable in store. Um, so, so we would have the SDKs that you can just basically pop in, uh, pop in the hardware, and off you go. Mm -hmm. uh, right, right now, our, our goal is 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 piloting uh, with uh, with a few different clients, and uh, and really giving the technology a go and and uh, and working out any kinks and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Is there how much demand are you seeing? Like in general, just around this for, for mobile payments for that uh, for for this kind of not this kind of service, but just mobile payments in general. I mean, we're in Canada. Canada is a, a progressive country. Certainly, when it came to a cashless society, we adopted the debit card very very quickly. We not many people I know carry cash anymore because of the ubiquitous nature of of, uh, of interact and debit system. But are we are we a mobile payments country? Like, are we leading there? Do people go out out of their way to use their mobile device to pay? For I think stuff? I think right now the customers haven't seen a, a great way for it to happen, and I think that's what's really holding back the demand. I think all these you know all these the financial institutions and the retailers know that once they nail it, there'll be the demand for it. Mm -hmm. um, they do definitely right now. They're asking for things like being able to scan loyalty cards on device, so that. The demand has kind of reached reached its point for that, but mm -hmm. uh, I think they just need to start seeing it in the market and saying, "Hey, that looks like a faster way for me to check it." It's it's got to be it's got to be easy. I mean, there's been several NFC based solutions that have based solutions that have been released by uh, all the banks, uh, but they're, they're all steps uh, to to get it to work. Specific devices that you need to make it work and. Uh, just the experience around it is is uh, quite cumbersome to actually want to do it or put your wallet at home. By now, it's definitely much easier to pull out my Visa card, tap, and walk out. So that's what we're competing with. With and until it's something that's dead easier and and uh, more rewarding than that, uh, then uh, there's not going to be much demand for it. But but definitely, I mean, I think everybody would love to leave their wallets at home. Um, so if done right, I think it could be. Uh, and, we're, and we're doing time side by sides, pulling out your phone and doing what we're doing versus pulling it out from your wallet, your card. And right now, there's still, you know, it's a little bit quicker. They're about the same, and I think that's where we're trying to get towards. Is our next step in this hyphen project is how do we get even faster than that, and how do we make it so I can just walk out of the store without having to, to really pull out anything? And that's really where we're going. Is uh, and I like that idea. Is that uh, you know, it's just it's the. It's the pretense of this cashless society of Star Trek, mm -hmm. but it's really yeah. happening behind the scenes, right? The cash is exchanging hands. Mm -hmm. What about uh, when I say, you know, is the, should the focus be on payments or should the focus be on loyalty and regency and, and return visits and, and uh, de deepening the customer relationship? Where, where do you guys sit on these things? It's about the relationship. Uh, it's about giving the customer uh, a better experience or better deals, better, better offers faster navigation through their stores, whatever the case may be, um, it's about making their life better um, and not necessarily about the payments. If, if the payments can make make your entire experience more enjoyable, uh, more more rewarding, then it starts to make making more sense. But if it's just about payments, it's a piece of the puzzle. I think I think for the customer, being able to do all those things, if it's a convenience, then it's great. If it's not convenient, then it's not necessary. Right. So, I mean, do you ultimately see what you guys are doing with Hyphen as, as giving the ability to, I don't know, 
you know, proximity detection, which I saw on your website, right? So you walk in and, and you know that that's a VIP customer because they've got your app installed, right? Which is different than browsing the mobile web, which is a, a not as loyal as somebody who has an app installed. Right. So, you know, different deals being pushed to them based on the hyphen technology because they're a loyal customer. Do you do you look at uh, incentives to bring them into the store? Do you do, do a little bit of tracking to make sure that you you understand what the what the uh, level of attribution is from from your marketing campaigns? Do you, do you look at, at at hyphen as that kind of a platform? Um, it definitely has all the, the necessary integration points for that. Um, a lot of that happens on the, on the client side of things when we work with our clients because a lot of that personalization and targeting and, and uh, knowing, uh, knowing that customer is, is what we actually do on the, on the client side of things. But, so being able to hook the, both of them up together and get that done. Uh, makes a lot of sense. And it comes with a beacon installed as part of it. So it's all part of, and we didn't look at it as like, oh, can we stick a beacon in here because everyone's talking about it? Is user experience wise, I, I'm walking up to the POS, it, it sends me straight to my wallet. And I think we looked at it from that perspective as opposed to a, just as a marketing play for a profit. You know, it's funny because uh, you know all these rumors are floating around of what what happens with Apple, and by the time this this episode airs, you will know exactly where Apple stands with payments. Uh, I mean, when you when you're you're trying to um, simplify and uh, democratize mobile commerce by using this uh, on legacy systems, do you look at this as now an inclusive way to say, okay, if you want to set up your Apple iTunes account and your Amazon account and your PayPal account, and you can pay with whatever you want? Through hyphen, is it going to be the kind of the aggregator of all payment systems into one um, and Bitcoin, that kind of stuff? Do you look at, at, at currency as, as important uh, as uh, as loyalty? It's interesting. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, for us, we're just enabling that payment to happen. Um, it could be any of those things. Uh, we don't. You don't care. We, we don't really care. It's a payment is a payment, um, and the currency is a currency. Uh, we treat it as a as a digital currency when when our uh, when, as as far as our platform cares, and then the rest in terms of what it integrates to, uh, in terms of actual let's say Visa payment versus Bitcoin versus whatever, um, is all. But what it does allow us to do is to pass physical currency with loyalty currency at the same time. So being able to pay for a transaction with both. And get a lot of times now it's like I just, I've got to you know swipe my debit card and then I have to swipe my loyalty card. It's all about doing everything all in one go. That's great. That's really what it's, that's really what it comes down to is it's all about convenience. It has to be. It's, it's, uh, it's funny that, that a lot of companies don't understand that. They focus on the transaction and the transaction happens as a result of great customer service and loyalty, right? And it's, it's not about sales pushiness anymore. It's about, I've made this decision to buy this product and the greatest thing about being a consumer today is that I can decide to buy it from you or I can decide to buy it from the, your neighbor or Amazon or anybody else or Kijiji, right? And and ultimately, if you focus on the transaction, you're missing out on that whole spectrum of the, like this mobile commerce cycle, right? Uh, that you guys seem to be trying to attach. Um, so we understand. I mean, this is this is fascinating because mobile commerce for me is um, you want to be part of the plumbing, right? And I think it goes back to that conversation we were talking about at the beginning, which was you don't want to be a commodity. 
which is a payment receiver. You don't want to be a commodity, which is an app development company for hire. You want to add that, that certain layer um, of, uh, of exclusivity and uniqueness, which is what you guys are, what you guys are trying to do. Um, so, and then it just dawned on me, and I'm a little bit slow, but you, you, know, you talk about Pizza Pizza, you talk about, Air, it was Aeroplant or Air Miles that you worked with. You talk about um, uh, some of the other companies, um, uh, Beyond the Rack, right? Uh, these are all commerce companies. So, I mean, has Plastic kind of looked over here and said, okay, based on the Pizza Pizza experience, you, you know, our clientele seems to be distinctly uh, commerce-enabled or e-tail or retailers. Is that uh, done on purpose? Pattern. Yeah. There's a, there's a... We, seems to be a pattern, yeah. I See, I told you, Jason, I'm not smart. It just, you know, it takes me 30 <laughs> minutes of a conversation. You guys, but but is that where you guys are focusing now based on, on what you're doing with Hyphen? Uh, I mean, commerce and loyalty are, are, are a big part of what we do on, on all parts of our business. Um, it's, it's what we've been focusing on. It's, it's, it's what we able to, I think, uh, um, do a lot with mobile. Um, it's probably, a central part of their business. It's probably been the most active space in mobile the last few years as well. It's, it's been the most demand, so it made a lot of sense for us to really continue with that, uh, especially when, since we've had success with you know, what we've done in the past. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting, and obviously you know the number one industry, number one vertical that's been under siege because of mobile has been this retail industry, and they've been scrambling. And and the stuff that I've seen over the last nine months, maybe twelve months, from some of the biggest retailers like HBC in Canada here, um, or Lord and Taylor in the U.S. Right, like these guys are now kind of out innovating their counterparts when it comes to the retail space. So those old laggards that you, we thought were near death are right now out innovating the young companies that were supposed to be innovative, right? But when they bring the clout, they bring the clout, don't they? Mm -hmm. Definitely. What are you seeing? And is there anything that you guys are observing in the retail space that, that, that uh, fills you with hope or fills you with dread? I've given you my, my uh, indigo, my chapters, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, fiasco. I think it's a disaster waiting to happen for, those, that, for that company. I mean, what, what else are you seeing that's, that's positive out there? And, and we can end on a positive note. No, for sure. It's really exciting seeing um, a lot of the retailers look at even just the Beacon thing as a new technology, but just seeing the general interest in them really gives hope that they're going to want more down the road other than just what's being, what the current offering is, mm -hmm. that they're going to be willing for us to pitch them these, these interesting ideas that will change their business in-store and not just, you know, not just on the handset. They're looking at how does that experience extend mm -hmm. past, past that, and it's really encouraging for us to know that we're on the right track, one, and that... Uh, we're going to be able to do a lot more playing with stuff other than just the app. We're going to be able to take the app wherever we want to take it. I think I think a lot of these e-tailers have uh, have been doing it right, and I think uh, a lot of these retailers should be should be learning from them mm -hmm. um, and and seeing what doing it right actually means. Um, it's great that they're experimenting, but also getting that that central mobile product right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's critical. It's critical, mm -hmm. definitely, and and you see it over and over again, even today. Uh, and nowadays, in the space. Say that again. I just lost you the last sentence. Uh, I just said you still see it today with some of, with some Canadian retailers about um, not doing it right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I you know, and and I think that it's. Well, it was out of fear, but now it's out of stupidity. Quite frankly, right? Like you know, the the point of fear is long gone. You should have been you should have been scared two years ago, and if you didn't do anything now, it's just your own pure stupidity. That's you. I'm not quoting you. I'm saying that. So <laughs> I just want to make sure, 
right? I, and I speak directly to the retailers. If you were scared two years ago and you're scared today, shut your door, go home, get a job in the government, right? You just you guys are done. Um, and uh, if, if you're still in the same strategy in the same strategic mind frame as you were two years ago, like say the media and the press, right, and the publications, uh, same thing. Shut your door, do everybody a favor, just go home, right? Uh, because it's going to be painful. You might as well at least take some money out of the uh, out of the business while you can. Um, what gets you guys excited? I mean, aside from the work that you're doing for some of these companies, this is my last question. Uh, what, what are you like? Are you a wearable guys? Are you like a IOT? Uh, do you hate technology when you leave the office? It's like, like I like cats and I like, uh, you know, flying, uh, whatever. But I mean, yeah. Did you say carrier pigeons there? It's like, I like carrier pigeons. I'm really excited about what wearables mean as far as technology. I don't know if they're going to be the be-all, and I'll actually don't think they will be, but it's more that the idea that we could be using our phones to integrate with other devices, and whether that's screens in multiple places that we don't have screens now, interfaces in places we don't have now. It's really exciting that um, sort of that framework is being built where we can, we can be interacting with our phone in different environments without actually having to pull it out. I want to see people walking down the street not... With their, with their phones in front of their faces. I want, I want people engaging in the world, and I think that's what it's going to let us do, is, is open our eyes a little bit and look around a bit more. I like that. I like that. That's my spiel on it. That's where I think it's going. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it, it's logical, right, is that we go through these stages where we all embrace the technology, and we see it, see it in my kids, see it in my coworkers. <laughs> I mean, when I ran my company, when I ran Rove, um, we had a no smartphone rule in the boardroom. Can you believe that? <laughs> it's like so distracting that I'd like, I no, like, you know, you can wait 20 minutes, right? But now I can't for some reason, right? So I agree with that, you know, like being engaged in the, in the spot that you are. But I also I am completely stupid without my smartphone these days. Like, I don't know if you go through that process is that I can't remember my favorite song from last year, but I, but I, so I have to look it up, right? I don't know if that's a symptom of something, but um, maybe I should get that checked. But uh, you know, it's a, uh, I remember my kid's name, so I'm okay, I think. But so, you know, it is that, it's that the mix and match of, uh, of, of leveraging the technology, but not being, not having it stand in front of your face, right? And I like that idea. Right. And I, like I, that. I think that's what's being open now, being, yeah. being able to engage with environments, not just my device. Yeah. Right. But it, I mean, at the same time with, with these phones and these glasses, all these things coming like almost stuck to your face, uh, it will be a challenge as to how do you turn these things off uh, or how do you choose not to inundate you with information when you don't need it. Yeah, I and think that's an important thing. What about you, Sepp? What, what gets you excited? So, you know, IoT, uh, wearables, uh, what is it about? For me, I think it's, it's about this IoT and these sensors everywhere and, and making everything smart. And having them all interconnected uh, to to really do interesting things, um, I'm. I mean, a big part of that is this whole smart home phenomenon where everything's interconnected, and you make things dead easy, smarter, um, all that stuff. I I, I I love where it's going, and I'm interested to see where it progresses and how it how it progresses. What. Uh... I lied about that. I just I had another question that just popped up because I, I like these these answers. And uh, I always like to leave people with a little bit uh, extra uh, these episodes. Um, what is there? Do you guys use a favorite app 
Like, you know, forget the ones that you use, right? Because I've used Pizza Pizza. I love the Pizza Pizza app. I love the interfaces, <laughs> right? I mean, it makes it easy for ordering and remembering the order that I have for my pizza. But, I mean, you know, what is the app that is that is, that is is fascinating you now? And, and I, I bring this up because I'll start, right? Because I've got this great little app that I've used that it's called uh, Human. H-U-M-I-N, right? It's a, it's a replacement for the contact manager. I, uh, I've, been, I've been playing with this uh, for a couple of weeks now. Um, and it, and it, is, uh, it is changing the way that I interface with contacts on, on my smartphone. It's H-U-M-I-N. It's available right now on, on the App Store. Um, Android is coming. It's an iOS-only app. But I really, really, really like that. And that's the one that's stuck in my head. Is there an app that you guys have got out there that you're using more and more that, you, uh, that would be new that you, uh, that you love? It's a new one. I have to look at my phone actually. That's okay. I just did the same thing. Yeah. But uh, but human for me. And then another one that I used. I, I, we did this cross country Canada trip, and uh, I used a Dash, which was a uh, an auto ad analytics uh, app that you just plug in something into your car, uh, like it's a ODB uh, sensor. It's a Wi-Fi enabled, and it gives you all the analytics to your car. How how fast you're going, Whoa. the pressure on your engine, your revolutions, your miles per gallon. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. I just don't know what to do with the data. But you know, those are the apps that that I've been I've just been consumed. You know, car analytics and contacts. I've been using uh, my uh, it's called the Ki Kiwi Kiwi app or Quick Set. I, I don't I don't actually know what it's fully called, but uh, it's uh, it lets you open your it's a Bluetooth lock lets you open your home up. I think Quick it's Quick Set or Quick it or whatever it's called. Um, so I've been one by one trying to get rid of all the keys out of my pockets because I end up losing them anyway. Uh, so it's pretty handy because I, I just tap on it, bring the Bluetooth up, it unlocks it, locks it back in and out. Uh, so that that's I think one one app that I've been using very frequently, and I and I love it. Wicked. I can tell you what an app I was about to check out today. I was reading up on it. Go. So this is embarrassing, but I use Tinder. My Tinder <laughs> uh, There's a new one out there that uh, is uses proximity, so it's which I'm also really interested as in, just uh, you know the Bluetooth stuff. And there's a new one out there where when you walk past someone, it does the same thing Tinder's doing, so it notifies you that you've gone past someone that you've seen on the street and then you can message each other. Really interesting way of using proximity. No, and I'd actually right. been talking to Sepp about it on the phone. <laughs> we were talking, I was like, oh, this proximity detection. And sure enough, an email went around this morning saying this app went out there and I was like, man, we were probably one year or two later. Six you know, I, I heard about things, things like those a few years ago and everybody called them creepy, creepy, yeah. creepy. And now, I bet you everybody's going to jump on board and it'll be the next hottest thing. <laughs> Today's creepiest tomorrow's moneymaker. <laughs> well, that's it. And that's why you got to stay on top of these kind of things, right? You got to yeah. hear it all the time. And any, anytime you think, oh my God, that is so creepy, you start investing in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless it really is creepy. To a degree. I think there's a line somewhere. There's a line. <laughs> we, we, we'll, we'll pick that up in another episode. How's that? <laughs> the creepy line. Uh, Sepp and Jason, thank you guys for doing this. I wish you all the best uh, of luck with Hyphen. Uh, I think that it's a, uh, a solution that has uh, that is in need for some of these legacy guys that have no place. Like they're stuck. They're paralyzed uh, in, in this space. They don't know where to go. They don't want to throw away what they've got. They can't afford to replace it. They just want something that they can walk in there and plug, plug it in and start do enabling their customers to do this. So I, uh, I congratulate you on finding this and, and I wish you guys all the best. Thank you. Thanks for We've been speaking uh, with Sepp 
who is on the right, who is one of the co-founders of a company called Plastic Mobile at PlasticMobile.com. And on the left is Jason. He's the creative director of the same company. Go to PlasticMobile.com. Is there a place they can go find information about Hyphen up there? Where do we get, where do we send them for that? It's on one of the menus. Okay. So <laughs> go to PlasticMobile.com. Thank you guys for doing this. I really appreciate your time. Take care. Folks out there listening, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for making it this far into the episode. And we've had some good app reviews. So if you're starting to use those applications, uh, please let us know. And if you like this episode, please reach out on Twitter to Jason and to Sep and let them know that you found this episode amazing. We'll see you next time on Untether.tv. Thanks, guys.